Good afternoon, Lafayette. This is Joe Cunningham here on the Joe Cunningham Show. News Talk 96.5 KPEL 232-1542 is the number, or use that KPEL app chat. It's there in the KPEL app on your phone. And if you don't have the KPEL app on your phone, go to your app store and download it now so you can be part of the conversation. We've got a guest in the studio today. We have him once a month. It is Josh Guillory joining us. Josh, how are you today? What you know, Joe, I'm always good when I'm with you, my man. I enjoy having you on because we always have some great conversations. And today is no different. We've got a lot of stuff going on, uh, both nationally and in the state. And I want to focus on the state stuff at first. You and I have been talking off the air because today is the opening day of the special session on crime that Governor Jeff Landry called for, and the legislature's now meeting on it. There's a lot of items on the agenda. And first of all, let, let's, in, in your capacity as mayor president, when, when you served uh, here in Lafayette, dealing with the police department, dealing with crime, having to address issues of crime like that, you're aware that in the community that can take up a lot of time because we, we've kind of seen a resurgence in communities kind of across the country of crime and, and and specific issues. And I think we've seen a lot of, of pretty negative headlines here recently uh, about some some uh, tragic incidences here in Lafayette. So just from your perspective, having been in leadership in government, how important is this issue for our legislature to address? I think it's greatly, greatly important. If anything, it sets a tone. It sets a culture, you know, and, and look, our law enforcement officers, we are so blessed here in Lafayette and really in the state of Louisiana have quality law enforcement agencies. I know these guys, I can tell you firsthand, just kind of watching them, they communicate, they get along well. Uh, they want, they want their elected officials to have their back. So if anything at all comes from this legislative session, at least the tone and the culture coming out of Baton Rouge, is, is, it's drastically different than what we had eight year, for eight years. Yeah, absolutely. And, and tone and culture, I think, are huge because a lot of what Republicans have been complaining about nationwide is that a lot of Democrats, Democratic prosecutors, Democratic mayors, governors, they've not taken the crime issue seriously. Take Kansas City, for example. Take, 100%. Take the Chiefs Parade. The, the mayor of Kansas City is actually a defund the police guy and, and has worked to remove yeah. federal fu- or remove funding from the police department and, in fact, sued the state of Missouri when they passed extra funding to supplement the police department. He, he, the mayor sued the state. Then we find out that this is potentially gang-related violence, some juvenile violence that caused, uh, that caused this shooting at the, the, the Super Bowl parade for the Kansas City Chiefs. So we know that that culturally, tonally, there's a lot that society is kind of seemingly getting wrong, and it's been almost permissive of of the crimes. Absolutely, and look, criminals will go where it's soft. They'll go with soft targets. Mm-hmm. So if they if you have a municipality that is soft on crime, they it, it it's it's almost like it's yeah. advertised. Yeah, they know. And then it's not like you know we can say that Lafayette has had some of these problems. But at the same time, when you have this tone across the country, it emboldens people everywhere, not just in Democratic cities and states, but everywhere. People feel emboldened to go do it because they think there's really no consequences right now. And a lot of times we're talking about it from a criminal standpoint. I was happy to see in one of those one of the proposed uh, revised statutes yeah. uh, that they're looking at, it enhances the qualified immunity component from a civil standpoint mm-hmm. on our law enforcement officers. You look, the last thing we want is to send these brave women and men into harm's way and they have to work about a, worry about a civil lawsuit. Yeah. Yeah, that I, I that's that's such a good point. Um Atlanta, Georgia right now has a a huge law enforcement crisis. 
because the previous uh, mayor, Keisha Lance Bottoms, sided with the uh, the anti-police activists in going after a, a specifically one police officer. I forget the name of the person they were going after. This person had pulled another officer's taser, and this officer, without hesitating, pulled out his gun and and shot that particular person, and it created a huge ruckus. She backed the prosecutors who were going after this police officer for shooting this unarmed, they were saying, uh, civilian, but he did what he was trying to do. This person had a weapon. He stopped the person who had a weapon. Here in Louisiana, we want to make sure that we protect our police officers, make sure that we know that they know we have their backs. And I think that this law enforcement session, not just in terms of protections for law enforcement, but just in general, the fact that we're tackling the issue uh, really seems to, I, I, I hope that lets law enforcement in the state know that we do back them and that we're looking at ways to not only make the citizens safer, but make our police officers safer too. Absolutely. So we've got several items that are on the agenda. There, there are several topics that are being addressed here. I've got the Associated Press pulled up. They've broken it down into topics. I think there's something like 24 items on the agenda specifically they're looking at. One that's really interesting to me is uh, concealed carry. We've, we've talked about this for several uh, several uh, legislative sessions now, and John Bell Edwards was against expanded concealed carry for everybody without a permit, uh, that constitutional carry aspect. Uh, lawmakers are trying to advance a bill that would allow people in Louisiana who are older than 18 to carry concealed guns without a permit. The closest Louisiana has been to enacting a permitless concealed carry law was in 2021 when the bill passed the House and Senate. However, Democratic Governor John Bill Edwards vetoed the measure. What do you think? Well, I remember that very, very clearly. Uh, and, you know, it's it's kind of a lot of us conservatives had a question, why call a special session if you didn't have the votes? Right. <laughs> you know, that was what was the first time. Correct me if I'm wrong. Wasn't it the first time since our new Constitution? It too, was. Right? It, it was the first time uh, that we had called a veto session. And, in fact, it was somebody I, I know pretty well, Louis Bernard of Natchitoches, who was in the yeah. Senate at the time, who was one of those uh, Republican senators who voted against uh, the the repeal. And I know that the reason he did that was because back home in Natchitoches, his constituency, they weren't fans of it, particularly mm-hmm. some of the folks, the sheriffs, the prosecutors in Natchitoches Parish and around that area where he served, they weren't a fan of it. So in the absence of Republican leadership kind of whipping the votes there, he deferred to what his constituency wanted, which I can't blame him on. I, I disagree with his vote, but I can't blame him on it. But this is kind of a tough case because you expand concealed carry. Great. Everybody has it. But there are people who are conservative, who are pro-gun, who are hesitant on this as well. Is it a trickier issue than just saying you have a constitutional right to a gun and you should be able to carry it? Well, anytime you're dealing with the mechanism of firearm in this case, which could be lethal, yeah. it, it creates some sensitivities. Yeah. So I, I could see, yeah, why some people would have concern, but we also have a constitution. Yeah. And and this, the constitution is the supreme law of the land. And, and no other amendment, in my opinion, correct me if I'm wrong, no other amendment, I'm referring to the Second Amendment, yeah. uh, in our federal constitution has had many has had as much litigation and has right. had as much statutes at a lower level, not even at the federal level. Yeah. Okay, I mean, Congress passed some in the 90s and Lopez and all that stuff. We had some yeah. case law that, that addressed that. But I'm talking from a pure source of law doctrine, statutory at the local and state level. 
regulating a constitutional amendment. I, I, I don't know of another instance. I, so I support this measure. I applaud the legislature. I, I support open carry. I believe we have a constitutional right to that. As Oliver Wendell Holmes once mm-hmm. said, no right is absolute. So, of right. course, in Louisiana, we do have certain uh, prohibitions. If mm-hmm. you're a felon, you cannot possess a firearm. And those are reasonable regulations. But outside of that, we either have a constitution or we don't. That's my strong opinion. Uh, I'm going through my head. I think in terms of litigation, freedom of speech, the first amendment may come close. Freedom of speech and freedom of religion. But as, as far as what you said, statutory right. and passing laws on it, yeah, I think that's pretty much, I think the I mean, outside on the first amendment, the outside of saying you can't yell fire in a crowded right, theater, right. there's not too much limitation. Right. So you have, so yeah, the, the second amendment is, is the most challenged in terms of statute, in terms of constitutional limitations. Uh, and this Joe, one, it's so easy. It's yeah. so easy to pull on emotional strength. Look, I'm a parent. You're a parent. I mean, we, we want to send our kids to school. We want them to be safe. We understand all that. But you can't, re- and as conservatives, we bang our head against the wall because you, we, we tell our friends on the left, mm-hmm. you can't regulate morality. Yeah. You can't legislate. You can come up with the best statute that you want, the great the greatest statutory language that you want. You can create all the laws that you want. Criminals are criminals. They're going to violate the laws that you write. So don't punish the good with the bad. All right, let's take a quick break. We've got a whole lot more to talk about. It is your 5 o'clock news cruise brought to you by our friends at Service Chevrolet just around the corner, 1212 Ambassador Caffrey here in Lafayette. Also check them out, servicegm.com. We're going to take a break. We'll come back. We'll talk more about this special session, some of the other items on the agenda. Josh Guillory is our guest. Your calls, your comments on the KPL app chat as well, 232-1542 is the number. Use that text message feature on the app. Let us know your thoughts here on the Joe Cunningham Show, News Talk 96.5 KPL. Welcome back to the Joe Cunningham Show here on News Talk 96.5 KPL. 232-1542 is the number, or you can use the KPL app chat. Shout out to Billy in Church Point and Scott for uh, reaching out, saying hi on the app, checking out, uh, just visiting with... Josh Guillory here in the studio, former Lafayette mayor president, uh, currently a regular guest on the show because we love having him on and hearing his uh, thoughts and opinions about the news of the day. Want to let you know, though, it is our five o'clock news cruise brought to you by our friends, Acadiana's number one Chevy dealer, nine years in a row, talking, of course, about service Chevrolet just around the corner, 1212 Ambassador in in Lafayette. ServiceGM.com is the website if you want to see all the new and used inventory they have right there on the lot. Go check out online what they've got, and then you can go to the lot and see for yourself if it's kind of what you're looking for. But if you're not looking for a vehicle, you need some other automotive needs met, they've got, they, they can help you with that too. Parts and service, body shop, collision center, fine line, custom auto. They've got the wash, all of your automotive needs right there at Service Chevrolet, 1212 Ambassador Caffrey in Lafayette, servicegm.com. Find new roads with Service Chevrolet. Now, Josh, one of the things that you mentioned earlier, and we kind of talked a bit on off the air about this too, and I think this is probably the most overlooked of the issues that's being talked about in this session, is the legal protections for police. Um, so there are at least two bills that have been filed. Uh, the first proposes that liability shall not be imposed on any peace officer based on the conduct or actions of a police of a peace officer in performance of any discretionary function within the course and scope of his duties. A second bill, and this is the one you were kind of talking about a little bit, 
prohibits civil claims against peace officers and certain public entities based on the conduct or actions of a peace officer in performance of any discretionary function within the course and scope of his law enforcement duties. Talk about the civil aspect of that. Yeah, look, this is huge. And and let me tell you, you know, every time you see on TV, especially some of those cases you mentioned earlier, uh, those are usually criminal implications. Usually some political district attorney in, in, a, in a jurisdiction far, far from here, yeah. <laughs> but, but it's on our television, and you see police officers filing, file, uh, facing criminal prosecution. Mm-hmm. What this bill, as I, as I appreciate it, will also pr- uh, provide protection for our law enforcement officers from a civil standpoint. Mm-hmm. You know, when they engage in their course and, course and scope of their duties, uh, if they have to, God forbid, use their firearm, you know, the last thing we want these men and women to have to worry about in a, in a split-second decision all right. Yeah. Is that am I going to be sued? Mm-hmm. Am, am I going to you know the am I going to have to spend all of my retirement? Am I going to have right. to sell my house? Am I going to as or my kids going to have you know with the material needs they they need just for me doing my job? And and I'll tell you, I saw that firsthand. You know, as far as concern, you know, from law mm-hmm. enforcement officers, you know, they would ask those questions. Yeah. And and especially again, we're talking about a tone and a culture coming out of Baton Rouge that's dramatically different now than it was the last eight years. And you know, if I was a police officer, I, I would want to know that my legislature and my governor had my back like these mm-hmm. like these entities are acting right now. Look, I applaud the governor. I applaud the legislature. I hope these measures pass. Um, it's, it's one thing to give qualified immunity from a criminal standpoint, but it is another to protect our officers from a civil lawsuit while they're just doing their job. And again, guys, these guys have to make decisions, life and death decisions, in a split hair. I mean, a split second. You know, so you mentioned qualified immunity what would a bill pass at the state level do that qualified immunity, as we've seen it kind of litigated at the national level? How, because you know we talked about the the issues that have been litigated a whole lot in in front of the Supreme Court. Qualified immunity. There are several cases over the years that there is a lot of Supreme Court jurisprudence on that that idea of qualified immunity. If it kind of already exists legally, thanks to the court system, why pass more laws? Yeah, I think there. I think the intent behind this is two two areas. One, you saw discretionary, mm-hmm. so that word discretionary, but then it said within the course and scope. So think off duty. Yeah. Think uh, think some off duty security as long as they're acting in the course and scope of law enforcement functions. Uh, in that particular capacity, they would then be protected as well. And then also on the civil side, so. Uh, take criminal prosecution now. Just just take a regular citizen that was engaged with the yeah. police police officer, and uh, for whatever, and it doesn't have to be a firearm. I yeah. mean, just just um, uh, an arrest, you know, uh, mm-hmm. in their in their course and scope. Um, you can you can protect law enforcement officers from that regard from a civil immunity as well. All right, or have civil immunity, should I say? All right, thank you very much. We're we're going to take a break. When we get back, I want to talk about some national stuff. We've got some court cases about Donald Trump and and fines and things like that. Uh, From your experience uh, in law and in politics, just kind of talk about those and how those could have an impact on the presidential election. We'll take this break. Be back in just a moment here on the Joe Cunningham Show, News Talk 96.5 KPL. Welcome back to the Joe Cunningham Show here on News Talk 96.5. KPL 232-1542 is the number, or use that KPL app chat like Kenny in Lafayette, who, by the way, says that he's glad to see you out and about still, hey. Josh, especially uh, getting to hear you uh, on the air, missing you on the Thursday morning oh. shows. Uh, and we, I know that a lot of our audience does miss hearing you on those uh, shows, so I'm glad to get you in once every few weeks here on on the air on on my show 
where we can really kind of stretch your wings and 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 get to some topics you didn't get to talk about. That's you right. Were, you were uh, talking about road closures and projects <laughs> and all, but now you can talk about all this stuff going on. So the the cage is unlocked. Yes. <laughs> and so, Kenny, thank you for that. I appreciate it. So I I, I missed this earlier. We do our pest of the day on Mondays. Uh, in fact, let me uh, let me see if I can find it real quick. And and pull that up because I want to get to our pest day because it feeds into a conversation. So, uh, yeah, let's see real quick. So our pest of the day today, Josh, is going to be Liz Cheney. Here's why. So over the end of last week, Joe Manchin said that I'm not going to run for president. I'm not going to I'm I'm, going to step back. He's going to retire. Uh, with, he'd kind of been thinking about it for a while. Everybody's like, oh, is Joe Manchin going to run? Is Joe Manchin going to run? You know, we're pretty late into the process. I know that it's only February right now, but we're in 2024. The primaries have started. It's kind of late in the process to be announcing a run for president. Meanwhile, Liz Cheney, who could not win her own state to stay in Congress, um, is still teasing this idea that she may run for president. Uh, on CNN State of the Union, she criticized Bill Barr for saying he would vote for Donald Trump again and told Jake Tapper, quote, I haven't made any decision, end quote, about running for president herself, but I'm going to do whatever's necessary to defeat Donald Trump, she says. That's what makes her our pest of the day. And by the way, your pest of the day is brought to you by J&J Exterminating, Louisiana's largest independently owned pest control company. Find them online at JJ. EXT.com. Now, I say that because the election has kind of been upended a little bit with a court ruling last week. Uh, Donald Trump has been fined uh, in excess of like $350 million, I think something like that, yeah. uh, barred from doing business in New York. He and both of his sons have uh, a huge, huge fine. This is, I. this is, it's going to be appealed, obviously. And I, I think that $350 million is very, 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 very punitive. Uh, like excessively so. Well, excessive is the word. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know if punitive, I know the judge, I know the court likely uh, imposed it for punitive right. reasons. Right. That's that's what I'm getting is that the, the court was definitely, I think, or the judge was definitely kind of exceeding, I think, really any statute or, or anything like that. But... The, the the issue here as far as well let's talk about the legal aspect first. So he he was sued, he, he's basically claiming that he's been defrauding the government by saying he's he's overinflating the value of, of himself and his companies. Yeah, and I'm look, I'm not licensed in New York, uh, full disclosure. I'm licensed in Louisiana and check this out, Joe, Massachusetts, believe it or not. Nice. I've never had a case in Massachusetts, but you didn't have to take the bar exam and I followed the rules and got licensed. So That's awesome. You never know. You might have a family law case over there and I'd have to call a lawyer over there. But I'll tell you, you know, never before have we seen a crime that's written, or it's not a crime, it's a civil law, mm-hmm. uh, a civil statute designed to uh, a certain way never be, not used in that particular way. And, and yeah. what I mean by that is, usually the intent behind that kind of uh, statute would be, I'm going to make right a wrong. I'm, a, I'm going to put the banks in a, a better situation because they, they gave a lower interest rate because of these valuations were a certain way. But when you had all the people that were purportedly, supposedly targeted to be protected mm-hmm. actually testify on behalf of Donald Trump, yeah. you kind of scratch your head. Like where 
it's pretty blatant that yeah. this was a witch hunt. Yeah. I mean, it's, I'm, and I'm I'm speaking that as a, as objectively as I possibly can, just looking at it the particular statute at issue. Yeah, and so 350 million. That's that's a big deal. One, it's excessive. Yeah. But two, where was the harm? Yeah. Where was the victim? The the people that the statute or the statute is designed to protect. And also, they actually went to bat for Donald Trump. And also to. For the court to come up with a value of Mar-a-Lago based right. on the price that Mar-a-Lago was bought decades ago, not to mention that properties around Mar-a-Lago that are much smaller Empty are lots. worth more than that, worth, worth more than what they valued it at. Uh, that very, very sketchy in the most positive term that I could use for. Very, very sketchy. And you're you're being as objective as possible. The audience knows my views on Trump. I am Trump skeptical in many ways, but this is is definitely one that I think uh, is very excessive and goes well beyond, but it has political implications as well. Donald Trump is running for president. He is having to spend a lot of money. He can't use the money. Elections law says he cannot use the money to pay the fine, but he can use the money to pay legal fees. And so jetting around from one jurisdiction to another, all these different courts, paying the lawyer fees, paying all this other stuff, that money is a drain, and, and money is not coming into the campaign as much as possible. A lot of folks note, hey, Donald Trump's rich. He could self-fund. I think one of the estimations of what he currently has liquid, right. cash he has on hand, around $600 million, and that varies depending on particular reports. But he's, he's a real estate guy. A lot of his wealth is also tied up into real estate. If he does, I mean, and again, he's going to appeal. If he does have to pay the $350 million and he has to start self-funding his campaign, it takes a lot of money to run a presidential campaign. He's going to probably have to liquidate a lot of assets in order to keep the campaign going and be liquid enough to be able to make further real estate transactions to try to keep his business going. And his enemies know that. Yeah. And and by anybody that that is upset that um, for people making the assertion that the judiciary is being political or we're weapon or it's being weaponized, these kind of actions feed into that yeah. mindset, feed into that belief. It is bla- It is becoming blatantly apparent, in my humble opinion. Yeah, uh, death by a thousand paper cuts. Basically, death by a thousand cuts. A hundred percent. And now this is a big cut. Three hundred. Yes, three hundred something million. That's, that's even, more of a even, gash, but still, <laughs> even for Donald Trump, that's a hit. Uh, and and it will be appealed, and we believe it. I believe it will be overturned. I, I really yeah. do. I just believe it. If anything, just the amount is excessive. I, I don't. I don't understand and how you can look at it objectively and think. And what's really sad, and, and look, I, I'm an officer of the court. I go and and, I, and I'm not criticizing an individual uh, specifically. Um, we have certain rules on that, but I will say that the appearance of the nonverbals by this particular. Yeah. Judge, when the camera was in front of it, I will say at minimum, it's a lot different than what we usually see in yeah. a courtroom. Yeah. You usually see a more stoic, stone-faced uh, jurist, let's say. And and that's not what you got with this particular guy. And it, and it's, look, I, I don't, I get, I, I teach a class at UL, I teach a, a business law class, and yeah. I love it. Mm-hmm. I, and it's one, one, one class a semester keeps, keeps me in the, in the fight and, you know, I get to see different perspectives too. Right. So I, I love it. I hope my students learn as much as I learn from them. But I have this conversation, I had it today. When we lose the objectivity and the fairness of the judiciary, we have nothing left. Yeah. 
we have nothing left. It's expected that the legislative branch would would act political. It's right. expected that the executive branch, even though you know you represent everybody and you're the day to day, twenty four hours a day, seven days a week. I've been there. I get yeah. it. Okay, but it's expected there will be a layer of political um, or, or politics. Mm-hmm. But when you have the branch that has neither the sword nor the purse, the judiciary. That's yeah. a note to Publius, by the way. Yes. All right. Then we lose we lose it all. We lose it all. If we can't rely on our judiciary, to even on the appearance, to be objective and fair, we're going to bad places. Yeah. And that's the fear. I, I agree 100 um, percent. Let's go ahead and take this break. When we get back, the other legal issue that actually works in Donald Trump's favor a little bit, Fawny Willis in Fulton County, that was an incredibly interesting set of hearings last week. We'll talk about that and more. Josh Guillory in on the Joe Cunningham Show with us. Be back in just a moment here on News Talk 96.5 KPL. Welcome back to the Joe Cunningham Show here on News Talk 96.5 KPL. It is your 5 o'clock news cruise, and I want to let you know that if you are in the market for a new dentist, I highly recommend my dentist, Dr. Danielle Deku and Associates. Uh, they You can find them on uh, online, thelafayettedentist.com. They take the stress and the pressure out of 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 going to a doctor's office. I mean, it's such a pleasant atmosphere to go in. Uh, they are eager to work with you to make sure that you are very comfortable when you go in and make sure that you are as prepared for the work that they have to do. And if it's a lot of work because you haven't been in there for a while, they can get started as soon as that first day you go in for a consultation. Sometimes you may need to come back for a couple extra appointments. I had to do that with some fillings that had to get redone, but they were able to get it done very quickly. So go check them out, thelafayettedentist.com. See what Dr. Danielle Deku and Associates can do for you. They're my dentist. I want them to be your dentist too, thelafayettedentist.com. All right, Josh, we've got a couple minutes left. End of last week, Fawny Willis, and we're talking about you know one case uh, in the last Ooh. segment that went against Trump. The tale of two cases. One case that looks like so in in Georgia, the the case just wouldn't be tossed out entirely. She would be disqualified from the case. It would go to the Georgia Board of Prosecutors. They would assign it to another prosecutor who could very well say, "I don't have enough," and and throw it back. But this is all Fawny Willis being very very uh, egotistical and thinking that she's above the law here. Or above the code of ethics, at least. Very emboldened, too. Yes. I, I'm telling you, I, again, I, I go uh, in my profession. I do a lot of family law. I'm an attorney uh, by trade, and I've, I've been in a lot of hearings, and I don't think I've ever seen a witness act like that. So I just <laughs> I just referenced another member of the judiciary, but this is, man, very emboldened. Very emboldened. When you put a lawyer on the stand, but a lawyer who has an ego like Fawny Willis clearly has. With authority. I mean, yes. she, she, I mean yeah, the authority Fawny, hadn't been stripped yet. The most so. powerful prosecutor in the state of Georgia. That's right. So uh, it, it was just it was kind of bizarre <laughs> how hostile she was to the lawyers there. Um, the the uh, Matthew Wade, the other the, the special prosecutor that, that she was in a relationship with and that she had hired. And I'm uh, surprised was also the judge. I'm surprised the judge let him go that far, though. Yeah. Let, let her go that far. Yes. Just combatant. Very, mm-hmm. you know, usually the, the witness answers questions. You yes. can ask a you can ask a clarifying question. And the court's going to want to know that the witness understands the question. Mm-hmm. But to, to be that combatant was very, um, very surprising. I, and I think, again, I'm not a lawyer. I'm definitely not a judge. But it, it very much seemed like the judge was letting them get right up to the line so that both sides can get as much as possible, because he is a judge. He's in a very tough position, too. 
this is a high profile case and he has to determine whether or not this prosecutor acted inappropriately, whether she should stay on the case, whether the case itself is valid. And so he's trying to get as much information out as possible. So I think, yeah, he lets them skate as close to the line as possible. But there was a lot that came out because he let them do that. And on a personal note, it's kind of interesting. So President Trump's attorneys, they're done with this case. They move on. Yeah. That particular DA and the and her assistant DAs, they, they have to practice. They yes. work with this judge. So I can I can appreciate the personal component of that. Yeah. As as we wrap up here, the, the one thing that I definitely kind of noted, and I, I mentioned this last week, um, it, it's pretty clear that she was not so much trying to convince the judge to keep her on the case. She was trying to convince the voters to reelect her next time. One hundred percent. That was a polit- that was yeah. a political state. Very calculated. Yes. You can tell by the nonverbals, too. Yeah. Josh, thank you very much for coming. Always a pleasure to have you. Always happy to be here, Joe. All right. We're going to take a 23 hour break. We will be back tomorrow here on the Joe Cunningham show. News Talk 96.5 KPL. Follow me on Twitter at Joe P. Cunningham, Facebook.com slash Joe Cunningham Show. Email Joe at redstate.com. The podcast is going live shortly. You can find that on Substack, the Joe Cunningham Show there, or look for the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get them. But if you've subscribed via Apple or Spotify, make sure you leave a rating and a review as well. Have a great one. Talk to you again soon here on News Talk 96.5 KPL.